Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NFL Draft is over. That means fantasy football season is here this week. A look at our immediate positional rankings with rookies included. We're finally here, Hayden. You know what that means. It's quarterback tears time before we get going quickly what's your like big picture view on how you're drafting the quarterback position this year um because i know it might be different than last year and the year before that and the year before that so when i'm looking at kind of what's historically worked on underdog in the kind of round three to round nine window is typically when you should have drafted your first quarterback the teams that have punted quarterbacks entirely haven't really fared out that well. And this even goes back to the 2021 data as well. But what's happened with underdog is all the ADPs for the quarterbacks have gone up as well. So we're not really passing by this kind of strategy component anymore. The quarterbacks are now priced up about a round or two. And even the late round quarterbacks are priced up a round or two. So I think it's worth it still to attack some of these elite quarterbacks just because in best ball there's some kind of components that are a little bit different than with redraft where you can stream quarterbacks there's no such thing as streaming quarterbacks and for these best ball tournaments i really think it's gonna be hard for like somebody beyond like jared goff to really kind of crack the code to win some of these tournaments and since best ball mania uh four is even a little bit more geared towards upside I think getting some of these Jalen Hurts teams, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields teams is certainly going to be one of the strategies I'm going to be relying on. You have to pay up now. The first trio, all three are being drafted within the first 18 selections. The next trio within the first 39 selections. So there is no late round quarterback anymore for those top six names. Okay, two things before we get started. One, we each ranked really our top 41 quarterbacks. These are our averages between the two. That'll get really wonky when we get into running backs and wide receivers in later days. Um, And second, for every single position that we cover this week, these are half-point PPR. It's for best ball. That's like where our minds initially gravitate to uh, because underdog fantasy is the home of best ball. And you can draft right now. The link's in the description down below. We'll mention best ball mania for a lot. There's a lot of prizes, including $3 million in the first place, a lot of millions of dollars for the regular season too. We've changed things up. So if you've never drafted in a best ball team ever before, this is the time to do it. Start drafting right now. All right. My last note real quick before you go on. This is also, since it's half PPR, that makes quarterbacks more valuable than it does Mm. in full PPR just based off of the scoring. You're taking away half points for every single reception to ever exist. The quarterbacks don't catch as many passes as last time I checked. Tears, time, and we kick it off with our quarterback one. His name, Jalen Hurts. Why do we have Jalen Hurts as the quarterback one? He was second in inside the five-yard line carries last year. He's going into his age 25 season. His entire pass-catching group returns. And even last year when he finished as a total baller in fantasy, he only had a 4.8% touchdown rate. Typically, the league leaders are in like the six, seven to eight percent range. So there's a chance that Jalen Hurts can even increase his passing touchdown total. And I don't think that any of the rushing yards or anything like that is going to go anywhere, especially because there was a lot of games last year where the Eagles were so dominant that he wasn't even playing in fourth quarters. If the team regresses, that actually is probably going to be decent news for Jalen Hurts. So I love betting on dual threat quarterbacks on the best teams in the league when they're heading into the primes of their career. Only lost one offensive lineman this offseason. Lots of continuity there, and they've planned ahead with Cam Jurgens likely taking over 
at that guard spot. He had 20 carries inside the five yard line last year, the second most in the NFL, including running backs, you know, and the rule was not changed for him to be pushed into the end zone to score six points. I thought it would be this Mm -hmm. offseason. So if they don't want to lower his rushing um, and maybe they will and ask him to in the scrambling department, he had 44 scrambles last year. And I think just four in the playoffs after he got injured, Um, this offense is in such a good spot heading into this year. And last year's quarterback won at the end of the season is this year's quarterback one heading into it. After that, at quarterback two, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, this one's pretty simple. I have a metric called better in best ball points, which is basically fantasy points over replacement. In the last two years, he's finished 16th overall and 16th overall. Uh, I think there's a little bit more downside risk than usual just because Travis Kelsey's getting in there in age, and they didn't really add that much to the receiving grade. Uh, but I do think that they upgraded their offensive tackles uh, with the trade and then obviously adding uh, a right tackle in the draft as well. So this is just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how you can fade this really. Yeah, slight offensive line shifts. As you said, no more Orlando Brown. They did bring in Juwan Taylor. They lost Julius Smith-Schuster, but you know they continued to bring in kind of different names. But even if they don't, we know that this offense is sticky in its current form. You know, it's less reliant on the big play down the field. It's repeatable week to week, month to month year to year, thanks to his ability inside of structure and outside of structure and just a a big brain on the football field. I think the only way that this doesn't work out for Patrick Mahomes this year is if Travis Kelsey gets injured. Like that is the only piece Mm -hmm. that can be lost that drastically changes the outcome of his season. He's going in the middle of the second round. Let's say that you didn't select Travis Kelsey in round one. Are you still going to be sprinkling in some Patrick Mahomes teams and then just finding your Kadarius Tony or whatever Mm -hmm. wide receiver later on? I mean, right when I feel comfortable drafting Kadarius Tony for the upside, he is available on my ADP list. Right. You know, the same exact thing you can say if you want to do that with Sky Moore or Justin Watson or whatever name you bring to the table for the Chiefs. Um, I, I'm totally fine with not spending the third or fourth overall pick on Travis Kelsey and still drafting Patrick Mahomes in my lineups. Quarterback three, Josh Allen. Yeah, so he's been the sixth and 14th overall player in better and best ball points. Uh, Last year, he had a career high 7.8 carries per game. That's the one slight concern I possibly have is there's been so much talk about the Bills saying we want to scale down some of the rushing just because we don't want to have another Cam Newton on our hands. And I think some of their offseason moves have kind of hinted at that as well. You bring in Damian Harris, who's definitely more of a bruiser than Devin Singletary ever was. They added a second tight end. They might go to two tight end sets a little bit more than they previously have. So we'll see with, with Josh Allen. I still think he's going to be an elite fantasy quarterback, but I'm slightly concerned that some of like the bulldozing red zone craziness, even if it gets chopped down 20%, uh, that could be the difference between finishing as the quarterback one versus the quarterback three. I think that's a great point. They also brought in Latavius Murray on the day when free agent contracts are not guaranteed. Just two games under 20 fantasy points last season. Ooh. And that was with a bad elbow. Let's yeah. not forget, like that elbow was a significant injury that hurt him early on and then lingered late on. And I'm with you. It seems like there's like this constant dialogue that they're going to try to remove just his responsibility for them having a legitimate good offense. But I don't think we saw one massive move that did that in my mind to take it into practice. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like I even believe Deontay Hardy being added to this team is like a true vertical threat and Cleo Shakur entering in the slot. We could see like maybe more steadiness around him in that pass catching group. And I don't think the offensive line can play worse than it did last year based on some of the moves they made this offseason. And for best ball many of four, Gabe Davis is cheaper. Dawson Knox is going to be cheaper. We have the Dalton Kincaid possibly with some upside later at the tight end position, sprinkle into Khalil Shakur, who's now going later than the wide receiver three last year. So the stack in general is just a little bit cheaper than it was last year. So that's it for the first year. Is that fair? Because this is again, so. where the top three quarterbacks are being drafted in the 19 19- top picks in fantasy drafts right now, which is still kind of shocking to say where we started best ball, you know, two or three years ago. At this yep. Time. All right. First up in tier two, it is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, we're going back to this, Hayden. Just 20.3 fantasy points per game last year, 21.1 the year before that, 22.8 in 2020. So it's kind of been three straight years of average play after that ginormous 28.1 fantasy points per game season back in 2019 
I remember sitting in the same place last year and saying, yeah, of course, Lamar Jackson is going to be ranked in our top five. What gives you the conviction to do it again this year? Offensive coordinator change is pretty eye-opening with Greg Roman. They were bottom 10 in neutral pace in every single season. And now with Todd Monk in there, they've been 16th, 3rd, 4th, 19th in pass attempts. I don't think that Lamar Jackson is all of a sudden going to be throwing the ball like Jameis Winston was. But if they roll with a little bit more pace, a little more pass volume, and the the wide receiver upgrades, I think, are pretty big. Zay Flowers in the slots, a much better upgrade than Devin Duvernay. And then obviously Rashad Bateman returns back this year. Mark Andrews didn't look that healthy to me, just like watching him on film last year. And then maybe you get something out of Odell Beckham. The Ravens certainly are expecting this. And it goes back to this. Like to me, I'm really going to be pitching upside, 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 just kind of how the tournament on underdog works. And Lamar Jackson has proven to be one of the highest upside players i think that if there was a short list for who can be quarterback one this year it'd be the the first three plus lamar jackson plus justin fields and i want some some bullets at all of them look rashad bateman may never hit on the first round draft capital the ravens spent on him but when he was healthy in the opening three games of last season lamar jackson had 12 total touchdowns in those three games and then it bottomed out there was no one else to throw the football to and as you said it's not just rashad bateman coming back with the mark andrews it's Odell it's say flowers and then the first episode of scheme I want to do when we launch it this year is to like look into what a Todd Monken offense is and like the little details of how this is going to change Lamar Jackson's play as a quarterback if we keep some of the cool Greg Roman rushing stuff as well as get back to his quote-unquote pro style stuff at Louisville um, I'm intrigued and I don't even know if we have like a 100% firm answer on the stylistic change, but it's so clear that the Ravens understood that they, that they needed one. Yeah. I'm super amped for Lamar Jackson, but I'm always excited to see him touch the field. Even if he has, let's say disappointed in the last three years Mm -hmm. as a fantasy football asset. My other big thing with Lamar Jackson, I think there should be more downfield bombs and Lamar Jackson is very good at them just based off the wide receivers that they brought in lots of speed. Now, Justin Fields, is our quarterback five. There was a huge change last year during that mini bye week. It meant more designed runs, more throwing inside the red zone, which I actually think is being overlooked because previously they just wanted to rely on handoffs in that area. Um, we've seen two offensive linemen added in Nate Davis, a number nine overall pick in Darnell Wright. And they went from Darnell Mooney and Equinemia St. Brown and like Dante Pettis to now DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Tyler Scott. Like the tide just rises among the skill position players that surround Justin Fields heading into the season. Y'all throw in Robert Tunyon as some yep. depth as well. The, the running back group looks a little bit better and the left tackle is going into the second year. He's a fifth rounder that kind of uh, gave them some justification for not having to draft a left tackle this year. And last year, even without all these pieces, he was still 41st overall and fantasy points over replacement. And that includes some of that beginning part of the season, like we said, to where he wasn't running as much. So uh, to me, like the hard part about this is how many players you want to stack with him. Like to me, DJ Moore is a little bit overpriced, but if you are trying to play for the ceiling, you have to get some uh, Justin Fields option. So maybe it's Darnell Mooney much later, something like that, but plenty of time to figure it out. But for Justin Fields himself, I would be pretty shocked if he doesn't return at least like third round value. And I do think that he is one of the five players that I think could finish as the quarterback one in fantasy. A lot of things would have to go right. He has to stop taking so many sacks. Yeah. And that's the big thing to keep the chains moving. But if you can figure that out with a better offensive line, all of a sudden the upside case like really begins to blossom. And I don't have blinders on like Justin Fields has to improve as a pure passer. You know, he has to take that next step. But I'll also add that. Whenever he's on the field, he is the best athlete on the field. And you saw massive game-changing and fantasy week scoring plays on design runs, but also on scrambles. Like just the ability to do both, and it's not just scrambles that equal the long runs and the splash plays, is pretty, pretty spectacular. Okay, the last quarterback in this area, it is quarterback six, and his name is Joe Burrow. Yeah, so the last two seasons, he's finished 52nd and 35th overall in fancy points over replacement. I will say that the running back and tight end depth chart looks a little bit worse for him. Obviously, he returns all three uh, wide receivers. The offensive line looks okay at best, as usual. Uh, I think the one thing for Joe Burrow in his favor is 
all the AFC North offenses to me look better. We should expect more from the Steelers. We should obviously expect more with Deshaun Watson in the second year. And then obviously uh, Lamar Jackson returns. So maybe the AFC North, which has typically been kind of a slugfest is more uh, just bombs away in nature. So I think Joe Burrow is kind of this tier where I would only be drafting him. If I had Jamar chase or T Higgins before him, I would not be drafting Joe Burrow unless I had one of them. Let's dive into that quickly. I know we want to focus on these players, but I think there is strategy talk when you have to take Joe Burrow as the quarterback five around 33 overall. If you already drafted T Higgins as wide receiver 14 at 26 overall, or obviously Jamar chase as the wide receiver two with a third overall selection. Yeah. You, I, I think you basically have to, how is Joe Burrow going to finish top three on the slate? unless he's throwing the ball to T Higgins or Jamar chase, nothing against Tyler Boyd, who I do like uh, at cost right now. But to me, it's just one of these where you're playing for stealing. How do you have to get all these pieces in a row? So for at least for best ball tournaments, Joe Burrows, an if then statement quarterback, you have to have one of the top two guys, in my opinion, the flip that they made, I think it was versus the saints last year when he was basically allowed to have his eyes downfield at all times really changed everything for me and changed like the course of, of their offense and just being able to, you know, again, in shotgun to read things pre-snap, read things post-snap. And he was doing this, I believe, with the Jamar Chase injury as well last year. Uh, absolutely love Joe Burrow. I will say in this tier, Hayden, we are quite different than ADP because ADP goes Justin Fields as quarterback four, Joe Burrow quarterback five, and Lamar Jackson as quarterback six at 38th overall. Um, do we expect movement in the next few weeks, or do you think this is how the public views the second tier of quarterbacks? I think there's a little bit of worry with Lamar Jackson, the contract situation that kind of kept his ADP initially a little bit lower. I expect that to go up, especially because Zay Flowers is there. And, and one of the benefits of Lamar Jackson versus uh, uh, Joe Burrow is you can draft Lamar Jackson first and then add on his pass catchers after him when it's Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Odell, who are all going about like a hundredth overall. So I, I like that little element with, the Russian quarterbacks as you, and I, I think that Mark Andrews is a little bit underpriced as well. So I like three, four turn Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews sign me up for that right now. Before we move on, if you've never drafted best ball, it's the best part of fantasy football. All that you do is draft and you can do it right now on your phone on underdog fantasy. And we set your optimal lineup for you each and every week. There's no trades. There's no waivers. There's no debating this guy versus that guy. Again, it's all about who drafts the best, and it's for 18 rounds. And so you get all of your favorite sleepers as well. All of the rookies are in the player pool at this exact moment. Again, once you try best ball once, you've heard it. I'm sure you have about the game. Do it, and you'll enjoy it, and you'll be able to draft all summer long. Hit the link in the description down below. All right. Tier three, it's time to kick it off. And we have Justin Herbert there, Hayden. Last year, he was drafted as a top five quarterback, but he finished as quarterback 18 last season. So why, again, the conviction of having him as our seventh ranked quarterback? So he went from 5.2 to 5.7. And then last year, 3.6% touchdown rate, which is one of the lower in the entire league. We know that Justin Herbert is much better than that. I think one of the problems from last year was play calling. I think we both view Kellen Moore as an upgrade, potentially more downfield passes. And then you look at Quentin Johnson, kind of a better and best ball profile could possibly win downfield in ways that they didn't have last year. But I think the underrated thing for Justin Herbert this year is the return of his star left tackle, Rashawn Slater in games with uh, Slater last year, he averaged plus 0.1 yards per attempt and plus 3.6 touchdown percentage in those games, Justin Herbert is also a nice guy to stack because Mike Williams and Keenan Allen kind of go in the tier with him. So you don't have to spend a top three picks on those players. You can go round four or five and all of a sudden you have a high upside stack. My difficulty is Justin Herbert as the individual did not play poorly last year. So it's not like we can say the same thing that we did for like Lamar Jackson or some of the other quarterbacks that are going to be ranked in this tier. It's like, oh, all he has to do is improve his play. Mm -hmm. This we are totally banking on the left tackle returning and Rashawn Slater, the jump from what they had last year to Kellen Moore this year, and then maybe Quentin Johnson coming in and like offering a vertical element, which is where he was at his best at TCU. And obviously the Chargers totally lacking that it feels like over the last two years. Is that enough 
Like, is that enough to jump him again when he played well as the quarterback 18 last year to now a top seven quarterback in fantasy drafts? Yeah, last year he was the quarterback 18 in fantasy points over replacement. So he's got a lot of things like that have to go right to kind of justify this. Um, but I'm kind of skeptical, to be honest with you. Yeah, I just think he's so damn good. He is, so, but he was good last year, too. He was so damn good last year. They got rid of the OC. So I, I think things have to go right to justify this, but I feel comfortable with that actually happening. All right. Next up, our quarterback, eight. Deshaun Watson. Uh, this is one of those quarterbacks who played like garbage. Last oh, yeah. Year. I mean, the redacted quarterback was awful. Uh, and it's not like he was just plopped into the offense after his suspension and then he just rolled with it. Like he got to practice during training camp with them. He got to practice for a couple weeks before actually starting the game. But at least from what I've seen, the buzz is constant that they are going to rely on him more this year, that they are going to throw the football more this season. And what they've surrounded him with, they bring back Amari Cooper. They obviously have David Njoku on the roster, DPJ, but you bring in Elijah Moore. You bring in Marquise Goodwin, who was a really productive player last year in his role for the Seahawks. Then you add Cedric Tillman as a mid-around player. Like if Kevin Stefanski wants to get away from the Baker Mayfield-led rushing attack and play action off of it and wants to unleash his quarterback with far more talent, then I think Deshaun Watson could be in for a gigantic season if he doesn't play like he did last season. Yeah, only notes I'll add to that is his center returns from injury compared to last year and his baseline numbers just with the Texans were so much better than this. We've seen the upside. And I think that Kevin Stefanski may be even underrated as a head coach at this point. Uh, we saw some massive seasons even from Baker Mayfield. So uh, I wouldn't rank him this high in your regular drafts. But since we are playing for upside and we've seen it with Deshaun Watson, I am prone to rank him pretty aggressively for best ball mania four. And I also like the price tags on Amari Cooper, David and Joku's fine to me, Elijah Moore as, as a bounce back candidate. So this offense, all of a sudden, if Deshaun Watson does return to form, if you drafted three or four Browns, you can be all of a sudden adding a couple rounds of value for sure. all the way through your fantasy draft. So that's why I think we're aggressive on him. I wouldn't draft him this high in your regular league though. To be honest, in our employee drafts, I've been, drafting Deshaun Watson every I've noticed. Game. And I've noticed. <laughs> Elijah Moore is right there whenever I want him. Yeah. David and Joe who's right there whenever I want him. And then, you know, even their backup quarterback in Jerome Ford is a player that I don't think is on anyone's radars. Yep. And if Nick Chubb misses any time, then I could expect Jerome Ford to be one of the best running back insurance players uh, in the league. All right. After him from Deshaun Watson, it is now Trevor Lawrence. Um, I just want the people to know that this has always been a Trevor Lawrence show, a Trevor Lawrence program, even when everyone out there was calling him a bust. And Hayden, we get year two in an offensive system and Doug Peterson that we saw really flourish in the second half of last year. They really learned how to utilize Evan Ingram effectively. And to me, the biggest change in the Jaguars offense is going to be an actual vertical player in Calvin Ridley, who Really, the last time he was on the field, led the NFL in 20-plus yard targets. And last year's Jacksonville team, when you go and look at the heat maps, it was capped. It had a ceiling at about 13 to 15 yards. So just being able to utilize more of the field, I'm really excited what that means for Trevor Lawrence here in year three. Trevor Lawrence touchdown rate last year was 4.3%. Calvin Ridley's career is 7.3. And then Trevor Lawrence yards per attempt was seven. Calvin Ridley's career yards per target is 8.8. So there's a massive upgrade coming. I will say they have downgraded their offensive tackles because yeah. of suspension and because of uh, the Juwan Taylor. That makes me a little bit nervous. Um, and I'll, other last note I have is even though that you have been driving the Trevor Lawrence bus, I will say that you have him ranked after Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson and after ADP. So there's something something about this ADP that you just haven't been able to to wrap your mind around. I think the, the one thing I do like is you can get uh, his pass catchers kind of sprinkled all the way throughout the draft, starting with Calvin Ridley, then Christian Kirk's around Trevor Lawrence. You can go to Evan Ingram if you'd like to. And then obviously your guy, your favorite player in the league, Zay Jones goes like after pick a hundred. I, I will say Zay was a, a very 2022 Josh Norris piece of propaganda. And I don't know how much I'll be talking about Zay Jones. This, I just got to find the next Zay right. Jones and help everyone win, you know, just a million dollars over mm -hmm. on, underdog fantasy yeah just quickly in this tier because this is the end of it we only have three players in mm -hmm. this third tier 
our biggest disagreement is Deshaun Watson. I have him as quarterback seven. You have him as quarterback nine. And we kind of just flip-flop, you know, Justin Herbert and, and Trevor Lawrence there. I will say I still don't believe that the Jaguars have totally utilized Trevor Lawrence's rushing ability in short areas. And that might come in handy even more if they can't find like that second running back to trust other than Travis Etienne. Because we know like in the first four or five weeks, obviously James Robinson was a part of that roster as well. Yikes. Yeah. That, it was that like is. a long time ago. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so again, we are jumping to the next tier of quarterbacks, and that one for us leads off with Tua Tungavailoa. Talk to me. Yeah, so Tua, this is going back to upside. Last year, he was 74th overall. He is not going to have as efficient of a season as he did last year. He had 8.9 yards per attempt. He led the NFL tied with Patrick Mahomes with a 6.3% touchdown rate. I just don't think that's very sustainable the one thing uh, there's two primary downside risks that i am a little bit worried about with tua number one obviously we have the concussion history and just beyond that ankle injuries and all that stuff and i think it's a function of how he plays uh that kind of leads him to some of these injuries and secondly in his last four games last year he completed only 53 percent of his passes he only had a 1.5 percent touchdown rate and if you guys want to go back to our uh, recap shows from late in the year last year we talked about how some of the defenses were kind of challenging the Miami uh, offense with getting more hands on these players. A lot of the uh, season they were playing so soft zones and that that's when two was just lighting everybody up over the seam routes. And later in the season, defense has kind of switched and I'm a little bit concerned that maybe that was a little bit of a blueprint for Tua, but at the end of the day, I still want some exposure to him because Tyree kill and Jalen Waller are game breakers. And in this tournament, they can be the guys that you must have to win this whole thing. I agree with you on the defensive shifts that we saw. I also felt that in certain games where he got head injuries, like the one where he came back in and played the second half, that was brutal. And then the Packers game at the end when he just like totally let it go and threw multiple interceptions after another head injury. Um, I think it was a combination of, of everything. Mm -hmm. The other part of this with Tua and while we all fed in love with Miami's offense in like the first eight weeks of last season, he's never going to give you anything rushing. And especially now he's not going to give you anything rushing. So, so many other quarterbacks that we've talked about before this, we're going to talk about after this can give you a little bit of that Konami code hashtag shout out rich rebar. Um, and Tua just never will. Yeah. I think in the tier B and tier C, if these are your quarterback ones, I want to be double dipping in these tiers. I think that if you have an S tier or an A tier quarterback, I think you can wait all the way past uh, this next tier. But if two is your number one quarterback, I think you want to go double dipping just because, like you said, they either don't have the rushing capabilities or they don't have the historical passing numbers to kind of compete with these like single Josh Allen teams, single Lamar Jackson teams. Shout out Michael Leone of Establish the Run. We're recording this on a Monday. Best Ball Mania 4 launched on Saturday evening. And the two veteran quarterbacks who have changed the most in terms of ADPs are Tua, who was a late eighth round selection, now a late seventh round. He's jumped up 12 spots. And Lamar Jackson has also jumped up 12 spots from an early fifth to an early fourth. So uh, the public, big believers, let's say in the Miami offense, but because of that, they know they have to draft Tua in order to get the stack with either Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, and maybe even sometimes both. Mm-hmm. All right, ne- next quarterback on this list as our quarterback 12, that is Dak Prescott. So Hayden, we went from speaking so glowingly about the changes that Justin Herbert gets from Kellen Moore. Uh, is it the exact opposite? We're now D- Dak Prescott goes from Kellen Moore back to Mike McCarthy as the play caller. I'm a little bit worried about total play volume we've seen McCarthy multiple times throughout this offseason said that they want to be a little bit more balanced they believe that Dak Prescott was throwing too many interceptions because he was forced to be the entire offense uh but if you just look at it Kellen Moore he was second in neutral pace last year with the Cowboys and the last three seasons with coach Mike McCarthy in Green Bay when he was calling plays the Packers ranked 20th 25th and 19th in neutral pace. So we could see the pace come down. We can see the neutral pass rates come down. And even last year, Dak Prescott was 110th overall. He didn't have his best season. I think that some of those interceptions were fluky and not necessarily his fault. So even though I think that Dak Prescott ranks better than this, if I was just ranking quarterbacks in general, I am a little bit concerned that Mike McCarthy might come in here and mess a little bit of this up. So he used to be in kind of the the B tier. I think that he's more uh, asserted himself in the C tier for fantasy. 
do the changes of losing Ezekiel Elliott and gaining Brandon Cooks move the needle for you at all? Maybe when we do the show in August, we'll see who's the actual uh, running back to. I think there's a chance that either Zeke returns or Fournette enters the mix, something like that. I don't think we've seen the last running back upgrades yet. Yeah, pour one out for uh, Ronald Jones. Okay. Fight on. We get on over to quarterback 13, and it's a player that no one wanted to draft last year. He finishes the quarterback 11 in fancy points per game. His name is Daniel Jones. Talk to me. The Giants finished dead last in big plays uh, through the air. Those are 20-plus yards. Uh, They added Darren Waller, who I do think he can kind of stretch the field a little bit. Jalen Hyatt, we'll see if he can get on the field, but he's a a better and best ball type of player downfield, and I think that just the wide receiver depth is a little bit better. Daniel Jones was 94th overall last year because he was so efficient on the ground. I'm not sure if we should expect him to run nearly as hot on the ground, but I do think that some of the second year in the system, and I wouldn't call these massive upgrades at pass catchers, but slight upgrades could make him kind of a a borderline quarterback one, two, like he was last year. Yeah. His jump in rushing last year was staggering. I mean, let's just take 2020 when he played 14 games, he had 65 carries, 423 yards and a touchdown last year played 16 games, 120 carries, 708 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. And if you go back and just watch those games, I remember going through them with Josh McCown. It's like defenses simply were not prepared to the read option and the zone reads and the bootlegs. And no one was running like kind of the same concepts over and over and over again to such success that the Giants were. Now we have seen a ton of just numbers added to the wide receiver grouping. Like it's not just, you know, Isaiah Hodgins going out there with Darius Slayton and Richie James anymore. Like they've added Paris Campbell. Like you said, they bring in Jalen Hyatt. They brought in Jamison Crowder. They most importantly have Darren Waller, but maybe Waller is the only one that like truly moves the needle. I know people get amped for Wandale Robinson, but in the day he's just like an explosive slot player and that's about it. So I am interested to see how really Mike Kafka, who was the one who was calling plays, graduates this offense in year two of it because with almost a bare bones skill position group last year outside of Saquon Barkley, I thought they pushed it to the limit. And I'm not saying like the talent is huge and amazing anymore, but at least there's more numbers, you know? And so again, intrigued to see what they can do with a bunch of random ish pieces. Yeah. The, the stacking components difficult because there will be somebody that emerges, and that will be yeah. a good pick. Which one that is is going to be confusing. I have Isaiah Hodgins ranked the highest of, of the wide receivers there. Then, like Darius Slayton and Jalen Hyatt right next to each other. Wanda Robinson, I think, gets overdrafted. People forget he's coming off of a torn ACL. He was a slot-only type of player. They have, like, seven slot receivers yeah. right now. And then Isaiah Hodgins, basically. So I'm sticking with Hodgins for now. But it's difficult to stack with. But if you can get that figured out, then I think that this is going to be a team to definitely target. And we'll talk about Darren Waller when we get to tight ends, but he is the tight end seven. And if we talk about red zone success, I just remember back when he was basically the only receiver with the Raiders and how they would utilize him, not just in line, but detached from the line of scrimmage, but also just as an X wide receiver out wide, he could be that go-to guy in the high value target areas of the field. Hey, do you ever check your statement at the end of the month from your credit card bank account? and see just subscriptions randomly there that you either forgot to cancel, want to cancel, don't know how to cancel. I've been there. It stinks. It's this ridiculous process. And that is where Rocket Money comes in. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills all in one place. Sounds incredible, huh? I mean, over 80% of people have subscriptions. And you and them can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's like finding an extra 20 or 40 bucks underneath your couch cushion to start the new year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That's rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Okay. So we go from Daniel Jones 
to Kirk Cousins as quarterback 14. Um, Kirk is another one of these guys that now is in year two of this system with Kevin O'Connell. And you and I just anecdotally have enjoyed watching Kevin O'Connell call plays. And I think that there's like a lot of upside with him as a head coach. Obviously, Adam Thielen is no longer on the roster and you replace him with a much, much, much younger player in Jordan Addison. Yeah, I think there's a chance O'Connell has a better second season just based off of having some experience calling more plays. But on top of that, just his the overall offense is top eight neutral pace, top eight in neutral pass rate. And this is a very analytically based front office. So I think that they're going to push the pace here. And over the last two seasons, Kirk Cousins finished 73rd and 98th overall. He always gets drafted after that. I think that Jordan Addison's an upgrade over what they had from Adam Thielen last year. We get TJ Hawkinson for the entire season for Kirk right. Cousins. There is no bench uh, benching risk with Kirk Cousins this year based off of what they did in the draft. And most importantly, if you got Justin Jefferson, it does feel kind of nice much later to get Kirk Cousins. But uh, I think this is a, a very fun stack just because I think Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson somewhere in the second round, one of those two guys is going to outproduce their ADP and nobody ever wants to draft Kirk Cousins so he's one of these quarterbacks so you can kind of push it and wait for his ADP to fall even more because nobody goes out of their way to draft this guy your point on getting a full year of TJ Hawkinson is massive because early in the season remember the Detroit Lions where they would bracket coverage Justin Jefferson yep. they had no other player that could win an isolated matchup and as soon as we saw Hawkinson get comfortable in this system, he was that guy. And now on top of that, you have Jordan Addison as well, who route running and separation and not athleticism is probably like the name of, of his game. So I really like those steps that they made this season. Okay. Yeah. Our quarterback 15, it's actually where we disagree the most. And right now he's going as quarterback 17 in drafts. It's our first rookie and it is Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts. I will tell you this. We are recording this on May 1st. This will be the latest that Anthony Richardson is drafted on underdog fantasy all summer long. So if you want to draft him, if you want to draft Colt stacks, you basically have to do it today because I believe once we get into August and he is named the starter, Anthony Richardson is going to be selected as a top 10 quarterback in all fantasy football leagues. I think he will eventually get to the B tier and they'll pass Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones and all of them. And I'm with you. I think that they are all in on getting his development started immediately. That's what the, both the coaching staff and Ursa and everybody wants. They have a massive grade on Anthony Richardson. And obviously with Shane Steichen his two years with Jalen Hurts, Hurts averaged 52 and 51 rushing yards and Anthony Richardson. Richardson is a much better athlete than Jalen Hurts, which is crazy to say, but it is true. So Anthony Richardson, I think, is going to continue to get steamed, and I will be moving my rankings up and up and up once we get more confirmation that he's going to be the guy. But I'm with you. I'm going to be overweight on Anthony Richardson. I've seen some massive, massive uh, potential with him just because we're underrated. Hit, underrating his pocket movement. I think that there's a bull case to be made with his accuracy just because this is going to be one of the first seasons where he's getting like real coaching and yep. his athletic abilities just basically unprecedented there are two clips i have for the colts one of them is from shane steichen talking about anthony richardson hopefully it's this one anything right i think the development of players comes with more experience right 13 starts uh i think when you play more that's how you develop you know what i mean so with him playing and his experience as a player and getting more reps right practice reps game reps uh, i think that's how you develop okay that is so key. And That's I understand it. that so many of you out there believe that I and we are reading between the lines too much in these post-draft press conferences because so many in the league now believe that a first-round rookie quarterback should sit for a bit. Shane Sykin literally just said that experience comes with making mistakes on an NFL field, point blank period. And I understand that by many, Anthony Richardson was portrayed as some project but what we have seen with Shane Steichen is the athleticism can be the floor. And what we have seen when quarterbacks come in with this, not even this level of athleticism, but just unbelievable athleticism, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, uh, even Cam Newton's rookie season. Like I can keep going on and on and on down the list. Justin Fields, those guys score fantasy points, you know? Short yardage touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, 
and then building an offense from a pocket movement standpoint where he's already quite mature and just has to, you know, have more accuracy at certain levels of the field. Like you live through those growing pains. Those growing pains don't necessarily negatively impact us as long as he keeps that starting quarterback job. And this is, you talked about drafting like two of these guys in the beer B tier and, and beyond. If that's the case, I am yep. leaving right now, every single draft with Anthony Richardson this season. Truly believe quarterback seven at the end of the day is probably going to get drafted as soon as he's named the starter. Yeah, all of the Jalen Hurts short yardage rushing, you're going to see that exact same thing with Anthony Richardson. Not as to the same degree because the Eagles are going to be in the red zone more than the Colts will be. For sure. But there is room for a big upside at this cost. Yeah. Project, leave that at the door when you come to the show when talking about Anthony Richardson. Uh, and even if it is, He'll be the on-field project where, where he learns and grows and puts up fancy points for all of us. Okay, there's one more in this tier. Uh, it's Man, if you said this at this time last year, it would have been shocking. It's Geno Smith. I kind of even feel like this might be a little bit low mm-hmm. for Geno Smith because in the first half of last year, he legit was putting MVP tape out there. Uh, he is incredibly aggressive as a thrower. Both his tackles now enter year two, and then it's still DK Metcalf. It's still Tyler Lockett. And now you add this beautiful safety blanket in Jackson Smith and Jigba in the middle of the field. What a trio and what a player Geno Smith was last season. Yeah, he was 111th overall in, in fancy points over replacement. But that was despite being 28th in the Seahawks red zone touchdown rate. So how often they got to the red zone, were they scoring touchdowns? There's some re- positive regression that Geno Smith can have. In addition to adding JSN, I think the only thing you can possibly talk about is the offensive line could be a little bit of an issue, but it's not all that different from last year. And Geno Smith certainly made it work. So I think that Geno Smith right here at the end of this tier, this is the the 15 guys I feel comfortable with calling. They have a chance to be top five, top six, top seven fantasy quarterbacks. The rest of the tier, it's going to be much harder for them to get there. So if I have an S or A tier quarterback, I only need one of them. If I have a B or C tier quarterback, I want two of these guys kind of ping pong these weeks, but I think this is the top 15 fantasy quarterbacks. And in redraft leagues, I think these are the guys that you should be drafting. And then D and E are basically best ball guys. Yeah. Geno Smith was 10th last year in 20 plus yard passing attempts. That's right behind where Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts were, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady. Keep going down and down the list, but um, he'll be just as aggressive this season, if not more. I am, I mean, last year again, we talked about how great he played and it's the stuff that translates year on year that he was good at too, in terms of pocket movement, quick decisions, being aggressive as a thrower, but he hasn't had a wide receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba that again is steady sitting in zones. And again, that safety blanket that I keep bringing up and instead it was just like not high variance per se, but it's just totally different styles, and I love when wide receiver rooms are, are built like that. When you have, again, the explosiveness on the outside, and then the comfort, the chain moving, the consistency on the inside. So the Seahawks are uh, doing it right until we get over to the running back rankings for them later on this week. <laughs> that that tilts me, despite that, that selection tilting me to death, I will be joining the Seahawks bandwagon this year. Yes. This is going to be my team. All right. As Hayden said... That is the end of tier four for us. And we jump into tier five with uh, Aaron Rodgers here in a Packers jersey. As we all know, now he is in a Jets jersey. He was the uh, quarterback 38 last year in uh, fantasy points per game. It's weird. We've seen two recent MVP seasons and they have been really good, but they haven't been, you know, top in fantasy scorer despite those MVP seasons. And now it's it's, it's a weird to grasp. I think who Aaron Rodgers is as a player, because again, even when he's quote unquote, the best in the league, it's not like top one or top two on this list. Does that make sense to you? It does. I think part of that's the the lack of rushing. And then he was running so pure on the touchdown rate versus like the, the passing yards. He's not like a volume King necessarily. Those MVP years were definitely driven by touchdowns. The jets. I think that just the way that they're approaching their defense, they think that they have a very good one, which they, they do. And just this play calling in general is pretty slow pace, pretty balanced in general. So I think it's just harder for him to reach that ceiling again based off of the kind of the circumstances in the offense. Not to mention he's obviously 40 years old. He's coming off his second worst yards per attempt season of his career, his third worst touchdown rate season 
of the career was that just because he was tilted and that he didn't have good skill players possibly right. so maybe there is a little bit of kind of meeting me in the middle where there there's a talent upgrade that'll help him out but at the end of the day he's still a 40 year old quarterback and aside from tom brady we've never seen anyone have this success this late back with nathaniel hackett doesn't have Devonte adams like he did in this mvp seasons yet he has garrett wilson now and i'm still going to be drafting garrett wilson super highly namely because and we'll get to it that uh red zone usage that Aaron Rodgers typically focuses in on one wide receiver. Uh, Garrett Wilson was a monster there earlier in the season last year. Okay. Let's buzz through these, right? Yep. Next up is Jared Goff. Uh, ben Johnson came back, took himself out of any head coaching candidacies. This offensive line, as long as it stays healthy, will keep Jared Goff upright. And that is critical here because Jared Goff, more than any other quarterback in the league, once he is pressured, his efficiency, his numbers hit a cliff and decline rapidly but in this offense in this system he's putting up fancy points yeah he was a quarterback 12 last year over replacement uh there's some negative regression possibly coming he was second in turnover rate their offense was fourth in red zone touchdown rate he completed the sixth highest percentage of his deep passes some of those kind of come back to the middle and then all of a sudden he's more of a quarterback two with upside rather than that quarterback one that he was at times. So I think Jared Goff is a fine pick. The Jameson Williams uh, suspension certainly hurts. And I'm not sure if they truly added that much, that many pieces around him. I think that the running back game is basically a wash. And I don't think that really uh, impacts Jared Goff. So I personally would rank him over Aaron Rodgers, but I think that he's definitely below like the two a tier. Jamal Williams did score 14 touchdowns inside the five yard line last year. I highly doubt one of their running backs is going to score 14 touchdowns inside the five yard line this year. So maybe just two or three or four of those going over in the way of the quarterback throwing them instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty interesting. You go from again, a backfield in Jamal Williams, again, who breaks Barry Sanders season, single season record for the team. And then Deandre Swift who create a bunch of explosive plays just in the passing game. Let's say that he has a lot of other warts, but just in the passing game. And then they sit back and say, you know what? We want to totally clear that room. We want to bring in David Montgomery. And then we want to draft Jameer Gibbs in round one. Uh, intrigued. Who's Barry Sanders? I've never heard of him. <laughs> okay. okay. After Jared Goff, it's uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson cannot play worse than last year, can he? I mean, he, in theory, he could. I don't think he will. <laughs> I will say this when I was looking into this. Uh, Sean Payton is always thought about as this like really pass heavy quarterback or uh, coach. Uh, that's obviously with Drew Brees. His last five seasons, though, as a play caller, not nearly as pass heavy as possible. This is where his team's ranked in pass attempts, 19, 23rd, 13th. Those were the Drew Brees years. And then after that, 25th and 30th overall. I'm not sure you trust Russell Wilson. He's already talked about wanting to bring a balanced approach here. That's what their free agency moves suggested on the offensive line and adding some AJP Ryan. So I'm not sure if we should expect like the, like the Sean Payton years where Russell Wilson's going to be dropping back a ton. I think that he agrees with Pete Carroll and he will not let Russ cook. So I think his upside's fairly capped. I totally agree. A lot of their moves, I think this offseason indicated that they're going to rely on the rushing attack. And it's very clear last year that Russ still avoids the middle of the field. And in his later days, not being able to uh, create space with his athleticism and then launch these downfield passes is going to limit and hurt an offense. And it was 100% on my radar that Sean Payton went out there and prioritized Jarrett Stidham early in free agency. Like, yeah, that is on my radar. Yes, you can tell Sean Payne's high on some other things, but it doesn't seem that high on Russell Wilson. Um, I think that there's some uh, floor risk just based off of uh, in-game benching. Bryce Young is our next quarterback as quarterback 20. Um, I don't know if he'll have pure rushing numbers. We didn't see it as often last year just because of his size. And that doesn't, to me, though, take away from the creativity that he has with his mobility. But what I am mainly banking on here, and while I am willing to take Bryce Young as one, he is super easy to stack with yes. either Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen. And then on top of this, I just really like the coaching staff that's in place. It's a good offensive line and a coaching staff that I think is going to generate offense. Go watch our entire Bryce Young video. We spent 20 minutes on the pros and cons of his profile. Uh, I will say with Frank Reich, I think that they've got a great coaching staff over there. His offense finished second in pass attempts with Andrew Luck. But in the other seasons since then with worse quarterbacks, they finished 24th, 20th, 27th, and 9th in overall pass attempts. I'm still trying to get a good feel for what 
this Panthers offense is going to look like. I think he'll be fine. I think it'll be difficult for him to really break out unless he runs more than expected. But that Brian's Bur- that Brian Burns photo really did crack me up. I'm sure we can get uh, Weaves to post it in here. I'm sure we will as well. All right. Next, it's the forgotten man. Uh, Matthew Stafford is up on the board. While I search for his headshot here, Hayden, um, Matthew Stafford went from super winning quarterback, extremely aggressive downfield thrower to, I don't know if he's ever going to play football again, to now he and Sean Payton and Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup again being all in. I wouldn't be shocked if we look back after this season and Matthew Stafford early on ranked as quarterback 21 was way undervalued. Yeah. In two years ago, he finished 59th overall last year, 294th overall. So the range of outcomes here is massive. Like you said, this is a neck surgery, a very harsh neck surgery. He says he's fine. I do think that he made the Rams upgrade their offensive line. If he said he was going to return, which they did, they added a guard, they get Joseph Noteboom back. So maybe there's some offensive line upgrades. The skill group to me is really bad besides Cooper Cup, but even worse than the skill group possibly is this defense. You can probably name about two or three players on the entire Rams defense right now. It is that bad. So maybe that volume kind of just wins out here. I think that Sean McVay is basically going to play Madden this year with just all offense. Just go, go for everything. Who cares about the defense? You and I are drastically different in our rankings with him. You have him as quarterback 24. I have him as quarterback 17. So that's the mm-hmm. biggest uh, canyon, let's say, between any two rankings on the board. Okay. I'm still above ADP on that. You're just like light years ahead for the record. <laughs> I mean, I understand that the Super Bowl winning team and that roster is so much better and many changes have happened since. But let's just not forget that like the wide receiver won the Triple Crown a couple right. of years ago, you know, and Matthew Stafford despite having ups and downs that season, he was not a perfect player, mm-hmm. you know, at all. Um, I think he'll be closer to that than just the total bottoming out of that roster that we saw last yes. year. Derek Carr, quarterback 22, new place, same face. Now with the New Orleans Saints, um, who knows what we get from Michael Thomas, but now this is Derek Carr behind a team that consistently invests in the offensive line and one of the wonders of the world last year as a rookie, in my opinion, in Chris Olave, who is still underrated. I think the talent around him is better than it was uh, with the Raiders for all those years, but we are a little bit concerned with the coaching staff last year, the Saints, and obviously this is, goes back into like not tr- necessarily trusting the quarterback room, but they were 29th in neutral pace, 29th in neutral pass rate. They were dead last in fourth down aggressiveness. They were dead last in play action rate. Those aren't the my favorite stats, and Derek Carr's ceiling's always been capped here. So I think that he is one of the quarterbacks where if you've stacked him, sure, then add him as a quarterback too. But otherwise, I don't really see the appeal here. After this, from Derek Carr, we go to Jordan Love, new starting quarterback. There's a lot of these in this range. Uh, what do we even expect from Jordan Love? Uh, what I do expect, though, is nice second-year leap from Christian Watson from week one to week 17. They added Jaden Reed in the second round. You have Romeo Dobbs. Um, and, you know, at least what I've seen from Jordan Love as an NFL player, I am more optimistic than what I was when he came into the league as a prospect. Like, I think there's been some clear development in that department. I'm very curious to see what the Packers do with his fifth-year option. If they pick it up, that means they're bullish on him. If they don't pick it up, that means that they're basically fading him. I will say in his only career start, he rushed five times in that game. If you extrapolate that to 17 games, which do not do that bad process, he he would be the quarterback six in rush attempts. So he does have a little bit of a dual threat ability with him. He comes so cheap. Uh, The depth at the wide receiver and tight end group is better. I would still say his pass catcher is still pretty bad in general. And Jordan Love was not my favorite prospect, but five years later, it's kind of hard to extrapolate. So I think nobody has a good feel. So I'll just trust what the Packers say. If they pick up his fifth-year option, I'm slightly bullish. If they don't, I think I'll be fading. CJ Stroud is our quarterback 24. We're very different. He's my quarterback 24 and your quarterback 20. Why are you four spots ahead of ADP here? Uh, first of all, you can go watch our video on him. I thought that he was a very good quarterback prospect and throw it all over the yard. I think that he will run a little bit more in the NFL, but this offensive line, man, is quietly pretty dang good. Larry Mutunzel at left left tackle. They drafted a guard 
two years ago in the first round and Kenyon Green. They added a second round center. Uh, they added Shaq Mason at right guard. And then Titus Howard was like a developmental first rounder who's going into his fifth season as well. So this offensive line might be good. And we always talked about CJ Stroud. When he had the time back there, he can dice this field up, especially downfield. So I think that CJ Stroud just, I'm betting on my evaluation on him and also po- possibly the entire uh, market out there isn't kind of putting enough uh, precious time into this offensive mm-hmm. line. And Bobby Slowick is now the play caller there. And he comes obviously from the, the Shanahan tree. My, and I love CJ Stroud. My only hesitation to completely be all in is at Ohio State, he was throwing to dogs. You know, he was throwing to Garrett Wilson, Jack Smith, and Jigba, Chris Olave, Marvin Harrison Jr. Now he's throwing to Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Noah Brown, Tank Dell, and Xavier Hutchinson. I think that just might hit differently in terms of guys that are open now. Stroud's accuracy to put it on the face mask between the numbers, outfield shoulder, all that is great but I think he might be throwing to contest guys a bit more often than he was open receivers. That's for real. The Texans defense is really bad. The price tag is very cheap though. So I think as like a third stack on your team, I think that that's where I find my interest in. All right, let's finish this video within an hour. Uh, Let's buzz through a couple names here. Next up it's Kenny Pickett, then Kyler Murray and Brock Purdy hit on one of those names. Yeah, so with Kyler Murray, we're way down versus ADP on him. Uh, He had surgery on January 3rd. It was a torn ACL and torn meniscus. Cliff Kingsbury, when he was still the coach at the time, he said that he's probably going to be out week one. And then we had Ian Rappaport. He had a report out there that he's not going to rush this thing back. And there's this element that I want to bring up with Kyler Murray that since the Cardinals traded uh, that third overall pick for a future first rounder to the Texans, they currently have the first and second overall pick if you're looking at Vegas odds if Kyler Murray wants out of Arizona the easiest way for him to do that is to not play this year and then he'll get traded because they'll have Caleb Williams on there so I'm very curious to see how slow paced Kyler Murray takes this I don't see any reason for Kyler Murray to rush into this he's still very young this team's not going anywhere why even return in week six or whatever this is I don't think that he's going to return until much later in the season even if he does do that he was so uh, rushing dependent. I'm not sure if he's going to be willing to risk it as much, especially if this Cardinals seems like one and eight when he does return. Yeah. Reading between the lines, the Cardinals set themselves up really well for next off season to attack the young quarterback spot. I think it is no surprise and no news that maybe in house, there's been some uncertainty after Kyler was given his deal. The same time that Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury were given deals and the whole thing kind of crumbled. And it's not a surprise that hey, and I have our boy Colt McCoy here down in the player pool because uh he's being drafted as quarterback 57 right now um i bet colt mccoy starts at least half the season this year if not more than that yeah and it sounds like deandre hopkins is not going to get traded so deandre hopkins marquise brown there with a uh, second season trey mcbride all right final three pick one of these names mac jones desmond ritter and jimmy garoppolo I'll go with Desmond Ritter, I guess. Marcus Marietta was 191st overall last year. Um, Arthur Smith said that he wants more balance this year versus last year, which means more pass attempts. Now, Desmond Ritter wasn't very good. 1.7 touchdown rate, 6.2 yards per attempt. But I'm just wishful thinking that he can get the ball to Drake London and Kyle Pitts a little bit better. We'll see with him. But I think at the end of the day, if if you do draft Kyle Pitts, I think that Desmond Ritter should be on your radar in the last round. Yeah, it's such a tough one because... I don't know if there's like a single young quarterback in the league that is surrounded by so much skill position talent. Again, you go Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, and then it's just like Desmond Ritter sitting there. You know, Um, if Desmond Ritter is a starting caliber quarterback, he will outperform quarterback 29. And Arthur Smith said at his press conference that they don't want to have the same, uh, let's say, neutral pass rate that they had last season that they want to be more balanced that they want to throw and if that is true again and Desmond Ritter is a starter for 16 17 games he will outperform quarterback 29 I don't think he'll jump into top 12 but he will outperform this this figure for sure yep in summary D and E tier those are only quarterbacks you're drafting if you've already drafted some of their pass catchers earlier on like we don't expect any of these guys like massively break out so basically you're hoping in this one week where I've drafted as wide receiver tight end, maybe that he justifies that price tag with a boom week every once in a while. I love these quarterback conversations because they're also like offense conversations. We'll get into the more nitty gritty details of specific players when we talk about running backs and wide receivers later on this week. Be sure you are subscribed to the channel. Hit that subscribe button.
hit that notification bell so you're alerted whenever these videos pop up. Go back and watch all of the running backs and wide receivers and tight ends that your team drafted during the NFL draft. We have prospect profiles on the channel for them. You'll enjoy it. And ladies and gentlemen, go and draft Best Ball Mania 4 on Underdog Fantasy right freaking now. Look at that. It's beautiful. 15,000 entrants. And let me repeat, you will never get Anthony Richardson this cheap for the remainder of the summer. And this is why we draft right now. All right. For Hayden Winks, I'm Josh Norris. Up the villa. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya. Mm-hmm.